everyone and welcome to already cancelled i almost said just the name of the show there uh we're talking about twilight zone the classic twilight zone this is season one episode 29 and it's called nightmare as a child so full spoilers for the episode as always tara had you seen this one before or did you remember no. it, i suppose is maybe a more accurate question did you um i well i've definitely seen all season one before but i didn't remember it like you know, nothing tr- triggered in my mind at any point. Well, that said, though, w- one of the first things I'm going to say about this one is that it was very obvious where exactly where it was going. Every time it introduced something that was kind of a mystery, I knew what the answer to the mystery was. And not because I'd seen it before and it was, like, in my mind somewhere. It was just, like, really obvious to me uh, yeah. each, each step of the way. I don't remember watching this one before, but, yeah, a lot of things were pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, it's entirely set in one one apartment and the stairwell leading to said said door and it is about a woman who comes home she's a school teacher and she runs into this little girl and sort of offers some hot chocolate invites her in which i feel like in 2019 is a no-no you don't just invite a random kid into your house you get accused of a lot of weird shit don't do it um she's a teacher (laughs) (laughs) no one's gonna accuse a a nice 20 something year old teacher (laughs) okay well fellow bearded female teacher yeah <laughs> fellow bearded men with glasses never invite random children into your house just fyi it's, that's not it's not a good idea um so yeah but basically she it becomes clear that she's repressed some kind of memories you know the kids asking about her past and it kind of gets kind of weird she knows some weird details and then this man shows up who claims to have known her mother back in the day when she was a kid and kind of we find out that her mother was murdered and then this is a lot to do with what she's repressing. And the, the, episode, the story of the episode is basically just her coming to remember what happened. So that's how I'd describe it. Uh, Tara, did you enjoy Nightmare as a Child? Uh, it was pretty predictable, yeah. But I still kind of liked it. I thought it was pretty well done. I, I enjoyed it. I, I liked the tone of it. Um, it did lose a little something the more it went on because it kept like, I, I kept just like... Okay, so I figured out very, very quickly. Like, I just said, okay, this little girl is just herself. Like, this, this was who she was mm-hmm. as a kid. Like, I, I sort of said that to myself fairly quickly. And I was still, like, okay, but let's, let's discover what it's about. Um, yeah. And the guy shows up. And when the guy brings up that her mother was murdered and they never caught the man who did it, I immediately went, well, that's you then, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. They have to wrap up the story in, like, 25 minutes. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who else uh, is it going to be? So I really enjoyed the first half. I think the second half where she actually remembers things, there's a couple of neat bits in there, but it suffers mm-hmm. a little bit from not really having like a, I don't want to say a twist, but like, I don't know, like like a like a statement, like a point. Um, like I think it's an enjoyable little just thing for what it is, but it doesn't really have yeah. much memorable about it. It's, you know, I, I don't think in a couple of years' time I'm going to remember this episode and be like, oh, I remember the one where this happened because there's nothing super notable about no, it. No, no, I... I... I would agree with that, but I still think that the the idea of her repressing the memory of her mm. from her childhood, and that that memory manifests itself as herself as a little girl, and she she doesn't even remember like the name that she used to go by because she's literally like forgotten everything on purpose. Yeah, Marky. It all comes together. The, yeah, the name. it all comes together because she happens to see this guy again. That's when her repressed memory comes back in yeah. the form of a of a person that she can communicate with. I think that's kind of a cool storyline, even though it is predictable. And when you like, when he starts like revealing his 
plan and what he's been doing this whole time is totally ridiculous. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I because I I do I do actually like the reason why it's happening now. The reason why this girl sort of appears and is in her head and it's actually quite a creepy. The first like few minutes are quite creepy like, when we hear the the child singing happening in the distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's very creepy and it has like almost a horror tone to it. And I think um, what I liked about it is that. Clearly, the reason why this little girl, this this part of her brain, starts doing this because she sees, because it, it mentions a couple of times that she, she saw this man at the traffic lights outside the school, and mm-hmm. presumably he was he was watching her, he was you know keeping an eye on her and like sort of spying from a distance. And I like the idea that seeing his face again is what's triggered this this sort of this, this cascade of memories to start kind of trickling through and ultimately come out. So I like the motivation. I like that it's not just random that it's happening. Like it's, it's justified by yeah. the fact that he's around. Um, so okay, I, I like that part of it, and I like uh, the general tone of it and the creepiness. I like the actors for the most part. I think the the lead is is pretty. I good. think the little girl's really good too. She's really creepy, like mm. successfully so. It's it's funny because normally my complaint with like child actors is that because they're written by adults who don't remember how children talk, they always sound like like tiny adults <laughs> in kids' bodies. But in this case, it kind of makes sense. That she would. Well, it's, it's from her mind. It's as as an adult right. talking to a kid. <laughs> that she would talk like an adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she even and comments on it. Creepy. She comments on it at one point when she's bringing the, the the kid up when she still thinks she was real to to this guy, uh, whose name I think was Peter actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, when she brings up the the kid, she she mentions oh she was a very <laughs> sharp little what was that? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Some of my name. It's such an evil name. Clearly, he's the villain. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I am shocked, appalled. This is scandalous. Defamation. I don't trust anyone named Peter. <laughs> My mother told me never to, so clearly it's something all women know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to have words with your mother. Um, but anyway. If we're, if we're done accusing me of being the worst possible human being on the planet. No, just unfortunately named. That's all. Oh, just unfortunately named. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I'll uh, I'll, I'll have words with my mother then. <laughs> yes. <that laughs> About the naming. Sense. Yes. And I'll change my name. <laughs> Ooh, what are you going to go with? Arnold? <laughs> Would you like me to be called Arnold? <laughs> it's not up to me. But if you want to go for cool, I don't or know. You you brought Jean Claude Van Damme. Not French, but French sounding. I know he's Belgian, <laughs> not French, but Jean Claude sounds French. Um, you just said Arnold very quickly. You didn't even have to think about it. You just like it was like that. It was like, well, what We're should I call Arnold myself? We've been watching all the Terminator films. <laughs> yeah, you, you could have said Sarah. Also, <laughs> I don't really have like a proper setup here and i just have my laptop on top of a stack of books uh-huh. and one of the books i use is my arnold schwarzenegger's complete guide or encyclopedia <laughs> of bodybuilding so I, like this is the first name i'm looking at <laughs> also which is an excellent uh, excellent book for the pictures alone although much like john Carter, my mother's name is sarah so i am clearly the future savior of the human race don't, don't say that people will find you <laughs> I'm not going to reveal my mother's last day, but <laughs> I really want to do the Arnold impression of the, you know, opening the door and be like, Sarah Connor. <laughs> anyway, um, 
but yes, uh, so what were we talking about? Yes, we're talking about uh, him kind of like hearing about the little girl and not, you know, like being like, well, I don't hear any singing. What's singing? It's like, do you hear it? And he's off in the distance. You just you hear, uh, I think it's Twinkle Twinkle Little Star at one point she's singing. Mm-hmm. Or if she's just doing the melody, it could be the ABC song. Which, if you didn't know, is actually the same melody. Yeah, it's also the same melody as... Uh, <laughs> I learned ba- that way later in my life. <laughs> yeah, also, uh, Baba Black, she's the same melody. Uh, which oh my is God. A... You're right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll, I'll just hum the melody, and I want, I want people to just at home like try and think of any other songs that have used the same melody, right? Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Right? I'm sure there's more. Um, do you know there's a similar one? Have you ever seen Halloween Three: Season of the Witch? Mm-hmm. Right. In that, there's a, there's a, it's the evil like company selling these masks, these Halloween masks. That they've got this big plan. You know, the big plot, the plot of the movie is that on Halloween night, when all the kids are watching TV, it'll trigger this reaction, right? But the advert mm-hmm. for these masks they're selling is a Happy, Happy Halloween, 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 <laughs> Happy, Happy Halloween, Silver Shamrock. What's that tune? <laughs> Um, Yankee Doodle? No, no. It's, no, it's, uh, it's London's Bridge is Falling Down. London Bridge, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, it's that thing we hear and just, you go for a second you're like, that sounds familiar. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Alright, uh, well this has been quite a tangent. <laughs> it has been a tangent. It's been a fun tangent though, but yeah, we could, we could get back to the, the case at hand, which, um, yeah, I think the first half is better than the second because I was really enjoying the mystery. But the actual unraveling of the mystery was almost less interesting because it was just exactly the obvious thing that it was clearly going to be as soon as the entrance of the mystery. I liked it up until the point where he revealed his master plan. Sure. Which I, was just I, dumb. I did like the uh, the, the flashback, though, uh, when she's in bed and you see yeah, like, just the brutal, shadow. Yeah, like, You see him strangling the mother. He's in, You don't see his face. He's in shadow. But like you see him strangling the mother and then she wakes up and starts screaming at the little girl and he, he's almost coming for her as if he's going to kill the little girl. But then her screaming like alerts other people to come and he has to run mm-hmm. off. Uh, it's actually a really sinister little scene. I'm like, oh, that's actually one of the darkest scenes I've had on this show yeah, so far. I agree. Yeah, was... Pretty sinister. Yeah, Pretty... It was very old school, kind of theatrical as well. You know, it's like you know the, the shadow. Well, it's just and, like shadow puppets, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and coming for like, I like that though. I'm not complaining about that. I actually have a, I think there's a lot of charm in that. Um, oh, I think so too. I'll tell you what the worst scene of the episode is though. Is it when he falls down the stairs? No, that does look pretty uh, bad, admittedly. <laughs> well, it looks okay, but except they they have a shot on him when he hits the bottom and it's just clearly a different guy. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, cause, cause obviously, yeah, like once he reveals who he is, he's like, oh, I've been waiting cause I knew you were going to, your memories were going to trigger and come back at some point. So I'm here to finish the job. And he goes to attack her and the struggle's really weak because it, nothing really happens. He just kind of like, they, they go out to the stairs and he kind of like falls down them. It's, it's, it's very. Yeah. It's, it's just directed poorly. Like yeah. they could have made it look like she pushed him down the stairs. Yeah. Or, or just made it look like a good trip. Like, you know, he swung for her and then like went, you know, over the banister or something, but there was, it just yeah. kind of felt awkward and like, oh, we just have to have him fall down the stairs. So we'll just do it in the most weird way possible. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's real clunky. And it's, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's like the part of WrestleMania when you watch and you know it's like that punch didn't even land. <laughs> I don't really watch yeah. wrestling. <laughs> well, wrestling is very knowingly fake and they can't like cut around it the same way that a movie can. So you just accept it. Yeah, sometimes it's going to look a bit yeah, stupid. Yeah. But you just kind of accept it. It's fine. 
whatever. You don't actually want them to murder each other because a lot of the things they were doing if they did no, them for real not. would actually kill them. So. And I know they really do get hurt. I watched that wrestler movie. It was brutal. What real? Beyond the Mat? No, the wrestler. Oh, the oh yeah, the Mickey Rourke movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good movie. I like that movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. Might even be my favorite Aronofsky movie, which is funny because it's the the least Aronofsky movie that he's made because it was more of a straight drama, but it was actually really good. Um, mm-hmm. but hey, uh, so. Anyway, yeah, the scene, the worst scene in the episode is after this. It's the two cops standing at the top of the stairs explaining oh, yeah. the entire plot to us like we're idiots. I know. So unnecessary. <laughs> it felt like, oh, we need like, to fill in a minute. Every time they said something, I went, yeah, I get it. I got that from the show. <laughs> Do you know what? It was, um, I'm about to like make fun of a classic here, right? But the worst scene in Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho is the explanation scene at the end where the psychiatrist has to like stand there and explain everything. And don't get me wrong. <coughs> oh, I'm dying. Right. Don't get me wrong. In Psycho, I at least give it more leeway because the concepts they're dealing with in Psycho, I have to imagine, were fairly alien to a mainstream audience in 1960. Um, mm-hmm. Notably the same year this episode aired, actually, now I'm thinking about it. But... Um, <laughs> You know, because he's talking about this man dressing as a woman and killing people. Okay, sure. And yeah, spoilers for Psycho. I'm sorry if I, if I revealed uh, the twist. But like, you know, he's talking about a lot of things. That I, I, yeah, I, I, if I'm thinking about it, I don't necessarily think they would have like understood those concepts or had the words for them. And it's kind of like educating the audience in a weird way. But um, it's still this really weird exposition scene at the end of the movie. Whereas here, it's like it was a 25 minute story. Not even that. Taking out the ads and the the, the you know the, the opening and you know, all the, all the little bits that kind of make up the runtime. Yeah. And it's just these two cops. He's like, well, she, there is no little girl. The little girl's herself. And I'm like, how did you deduce that? How did this cop deduce <laughs> that she was seeing herself as a kid? Well, I think one of them might have been a doctor. Okay. All right. Fair. I mean, I, I didn't get that vibe, but you may be right. You may be right. I, I just don't know. The scene, the scene I mean, it was me still totally way. unnecessary because yeah. we got it all. <laughs> <laughs> yes we it wasn't even that subtle like in the actual show so whatever yeah really maybe they just needed to tack on another hour yeah or well, an hour but yeah hours. Hours. like how long was this episode <laughs> how long was this episode you watched did you watch the super extended director's cut <laughs> um it, I, and what i'm about to say is not a complaint but i did get the feeling this was an episode they did to save money because it's all just in the one apartment the entire time. And I know a lot of episodes only have a couple of sets, typically. But this yeah, one especially... Yeah, but man, apartment looked nice for a teacher's salary. <laughs> I mean, all TV and movies are guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you ever seen like an episode of Friends and how big their apartment is and they're maybe like struggling 20-somethings? Yeah, they have like this ridiculously big apartment in New York City and it is insane yeah manhattan right yeah like they're in manhattan and they've got this like this this i'm pretty sure i read an article once it was like i went through like, a bunch of like uh, tv like apartments and like houses and said this is how much they would probably cost you know roughly mm-hmm. and it's like yeah they're not making you know th- that that 10 grand a month <laughs> that would cost At least it, love here. jerry seinfeld played himself so you can buy that he had a pretty decent apartment True. Kramer, I don't really understand. To be fair, Jerry's apartment wasn't that amazing. Like, it, I mean, for TV standards, it was fine. Like, you know, it was... It's like Bachelor Pad yeah. in New York. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, at least it didn't look it ridiculously big. big, you know? Was, was it Tim? Tim just said to me yesterday, he had the George Anson machine thing stuck in his head. And, I, and immediately as soon as he said that, I'm like, believe, believe it or it not. not. 
judges in at home. Cut that. That's taken from something, but I don't know. I can't say I do either. I can't Believe say. it or not, you're running on air. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> there are other lyrics to it. He's <clears throat> saying over it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> hey. It's also kind of a weird, like, optimistic ending where she, like, sees another girl and says, like, mm. I don't know, like she leaves with a smile, like she did something good and she saved another girl from trauma or something. Yeah, because she's playing with a doll. Because she hears a sign, she goes outside thinking, oh, is she back? Is, is my younger self back? And it's just a little, little yeah. girl. And she says, um, oh, never lose that smile. Like, you know, always keep that smile with you no matter what. And you never want to yeah. lose it. Um, Ladies love hearing that. <laughs> the show was written by a man. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the I get what it's doing in the context though. She's basically saying like I lost my smell because I went through this traumatic ex, you know experience, and yeah. you know I'm glad that you don't have to go through that. I hope that nothing ever like that ever happens to you. And she's kind of found her smell again because she's like finally you know stood up to the the man who murdered her mother. I guess we've seen quite a few episodes now of like the woman who's being hysterical and nobody believes, but then ends up being right. Yeah, and that's a trope that like still exists in horror movies today. Like, it's one of my least favorite tropes actually in supernatural, like in ghost movies, where like, there's like a you know a demon or a ghost in the house, and the husband's always at work and he doesn't believe her. He's like, "Oh, honey, you 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 must be crazy. It must be stress getting to you. There's not a ghost. Don't be crazy, woman. You're on your period. What's happening?" Um, and it's, those dang periods. It's one of my least favorite tropes because it's just this tedious thing where there's just so, just to create the conflict, you know, where he doesn't believe her. And she has to try yeah. and convince him. Like, I can't remember what movie it was, but it was a movie in the last couple of years that just immediately had the husband believe her. Like, just immediately did something in front of him so that it proved to him that it was right. And I was like, oh, thank you, movie. Thank you for just doing this straight away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it still happens all the time. Sometimes it's good. Like, it happened in uh, Hereditary, and that was a decent film. That was a good movie, yeah. No, I mean, that, it, it can be used well, especially if it's been used as a... It's an allegory. If it's been used as a, you know, like, let's say we're talking about women not being believed about something, you know, like uh, uh, about been assaulted, right? You could use it as an allegory for that and, and a good script mm -hmm. where you say, okay, the idea that they don't believe the women that something's actually happening, that those, they, they ignore the danger. It's, it's kind of what the new Halloween was trying to do, but they stuffed too many ideas right. in it and it didn't have time to actually develop it and do it properly. But I, I respected the idea of it, even if the movie kind of whipped Do you think on it. like Sterling was kind of like a feminist? <laughs> for always using this trope to maybe use a bit ahead of his time. I don't know. I feel like a lot of Twilight Zone has really progressive messages in it. So, when, you know, the idea of him be, you know, being a feminist is, and part of that doesn't wouldn't shock me. Mm. Um, but, but I've never read like a biography or looked into his life or anything like that to know for sure uh, what it was me like. Either. Although there will be a movie about it. That's true. We're going to get a movie. Yeah. Uh, which I think we have to review given that we're doing Twilight <laughs> Zone. I think we have to be the pair to do that. So... Sorry, Connor. <laughs> I don't know if Connor cares. <laughs> probably not. He probably doesn't. Oh, it's being directed by the Donnie Darko guy, right? Yeah. Concerning. Why you're upset about it? <laughs> yeah, that's concerning. And it's not just Donnie Darko. I mean, I, I did see Southland Tales. I had someone in a university who loved that movie for some reason, and I watched it purely to associate uh, his demands and 
I actually live like commented as I was watching it about how ridiculous it was, and it like I don't remember it all now, but I remember just being, like, every two minutes there'd been something else that was like, oh, what the what the hell is this movie doing? It makes no goddamn sense. It's just full of nonsense. Yeah. I I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've seen Donnie Darko, and I didn't really get the appeal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Tara not liking Donnie Darko is part of why she was hired for this job. Thank you very much. Um, yep so put it on top of my resume yeah top of the resume hey it's one of the most important things on your resume quite frankly <laughs> that that and you can yeah. trade uh, a- okay. aliens quotes with me uh back and forth that was a that was a good that was that, that really nailed the job interview quite frankly um all right so so we got nukes we got knives <laughs> sharp sticks <laughs> we're in one express elevator to hell going down Check it out. I'm the ultimate badass. <laughs> Bill Paxton's I mean, so good. Yeah, they're all Paxton quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cool on that movie, though. It's so cool. It's so good. Quit your grinning and drop your linen. <laughs> I'm Hudson. He's Hex. <laughs> yeah. When are we going to do that one on the ace? Um, I think the plan is to do Alien on Alien Day or for Alien Day uh, in April. So maybe Aliens will be the year after that. Mark your calendars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four, four, two, six, twenty-six of April. Twenty-six of April. All right. So at the end, once again, Rod Selling was on set for this one. Um, for the record, if we didn't tangent in this one, this would have been one of the shortest reviews we'd ever done. So uh, probably it's only like an okay episode. <laughs> it's, it's a really simple episode that is just like in one location with a really simple couple of ideas. Uh, but yeah, so he's on a train set. He's on an old train, uh, which he you know says is a, a dinosaur. Which I'm glad he kind of pointed out. It's one of those things where because it's in black and white and because it's from 1960, I don't think I, don't I would know have, that it's a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. like I, I would have been like, yeah, that looks fine for the time period. Whatever. <laughs> but he's like no it's an old train uh so the next episode is called a stop at willoughby episode 30 of season one um so he he mentioned that a train goes to some place it's both a place and a state of mind uh which doesn't sound on on you know different to a couple other episodes we've had um, i'm thinking uh walking distance uh mainly but uh i actually remember this episode oh really i, I do not episode 30 next week you can look forward to it uh, this has been episode 29. You can let us know, of course, what you thought of the episode in the comments below. You can like and subscribe and all that stuff. You can get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. And if you want to support the show, you can do that by rating the podcast on your audio podcast app. Apple Podcasts being the most common one. If you want to support us financially... Uh, yeah, you can go to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash mildfuzztv and donate as little as a dollar per month and get a bunch of cool stuff for doing so. Like bonus episodes of other shows we do like the ace which we brought up earlier for alien week or alien day uh sorry science fiction movie podcast pretty good i like it i listen to it i'm probably <laughs> our best subscriber <laughs> tara listens to everything she's on it's weird i i, I don't but tara listens to everything she does it's uh, someone needs to do a QA. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There was actually a bit of an accident last week on something. Oh no! What Some, happened? Something slipped through the crack, the editing cracks. I'd forgotten to edit something out, 
and it was a false start on a TV review. And the reason why it was, it was we had to restart is because Connor pissed me off so much, I got really angry at him and like dropped a bunch of f bombs. <laughs> so for a day, you could have seen this on the Tool to Die Young episode nine you review. Could see the real, the real Peter. <laughs> But uh, luckily, uh, now it's just been fixed. I have fixed it. You can no longer hear me getting upset. Um, but uh, to those who saw it, I'm sure they got a good kick out of it. I'm sorry I missed it. <laughs> I'll send you the outtake if you want. I'll be... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that is... Uh, that is uh everything basically uh check out all the content we do of course uh yeah asda sci-fi movie podcast that me and tara do check out that check out screams after midnight the horror movie podcast that me and tim do in fact by the time you're getting this it will be in the middle of the october thon in which me and tim are pumping out episodes every single day of the month oh my god that's impossible oh not when you're me and tim baby now you're me and tim so that has been episode 29 of The Twilight Zone. We'll see you next time for episode 30. Thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys, in The Twilight Zone. <laughs>